What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. A happy, happy Friday to you, especially if you started Deontay Johnson. He finally scored a touchdown. See, folks, miracles can happen. George Pickens was actually started in more leagues than Deontay Johnson, and he did not come through for you. He almost, they almost had a touchdown there, but they don't count. They would what count a strange if- play that was. They would count if I were the commissioner. Which one? The the non toe drag. Pickens, like not even yeah. attempting his feet down. Yeah, yeah. That's, you gotta you gotta do that. Yeah. What'd you think of the game? Eh. It was it was it was interesting watching Levis. I thought you know he did well when a lot of pressure on him, and some of the throws in the first half were extremely impressive. Um, you know, it would have been it would have been fun to see if Ty J Spears didn't fall down on that one, where yeah. he he laid it out in front of him. Yeah. Um, but I thought, you know, I mean, look, I, I expected him to struggle. It was a tough spot going into Pittsburgh, short week. And he looked like a rookie quarterback. Some great throws, some great, you know, showing off that arm talent. And then sometimes where he just looked like he was under duress and, and flustered. I think it's kind of have to be what happens with him rest away. I hope that the way the game ended and his stat line does not force Mike Vrabel and the Titans to go back to Ryan Tano. Like stick with Levis rest away. I thought he played pretty well, honestly. Yeah, I, was, I, was I thought I, I was so encouraged by his first half. I, I, I think Jamie really encapsulated it. He he really had a great first half, but the second half was worse. And I, I got the vibe. Tell me if you guys saw this or not. He reminded me of Happy Gilmore at the driving range. Do you remember when Happy <laughs> Gilmore was like just like sending golf balls into the stratosphere? Yeah, and everybody was like, "Oh yeah, you could make a killing," you know on. What was it like driving range contests or whatever bets that you make at the driving range about who could hit it farther? But he 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 sucked at the short game, and sure enough, Levis was 0 for four in the red zone, and he he Jamie mentioned the play to Tajay Spears. He had Hopkins open for two could have been touchdowns. Yeah, 
Uh, one where Hopkins was open in the end zone was a little bit of a tougher play, but both times he dropped his eyes. And those are things that a quarterback really should not do. Um, there, there was some good, there was a lot of bad, especially in the second half, that last drive, uh, I had Nick Costas's voice in my head saying, he's just begging to throw an interception. He hmm. should have thrown like four of them on one drive. Um, he's, he's got a lot to build on. I agree. The Titans should stick with him when he's got easier matchups. You might feel better about starting him. Okay. Does he have easier matchups coming up? We'll see at Tampa Bay at Jacksonville, Carolina. It's, it's a mixed bag. I'd say. Um, but Levis is 58% rostered. And listen, you need quarterbacks next week. There's only really one quarterback that I see on waivers. We're going to do a beat the waiver wire segment, but we've got four teams on by. We've got some offensive juggernauts, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Eagles. They're all on by, and the Rams are also. I mean, we got Cup and Nakua on a bye. So you need some players for, to beat the waiver wire. They might be on a bye this week too. They are, yeah. So be on the lookout <laughs> for that. And, uh, you know, maybe you need and, to hang on to Will Levis. But the guy I was going to mention, by the way, is Taylor Heineke. I think of the uh, available quarterbacks. He's probably the best. But we'll get to we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Adam, you should also mention the by NATO in week 13. Josh Allen's on by then. There's some other quarterbacks that won't be around. Levis plays Indianapolis at home that week. Maybe that's a matchup that you could start him in. I think the thing when we get to that point in the season, though, you're going to have half your league not even paying attention. So you should be able to get some players. Yeah, I hope it's not that way. Oh, the rest of this game, Pittsburgh 20, Tennessee 16. I thought it was a really good game. Not a lot of penalties, which was great. Only 17. Um, and uh, <laughs> But not a lot of turnovers. Only one turnover was on the last play of the game. Yeah. But I, I Le- Levis enjoy. got bailed out by a bunch of penalties, too. Yeah, and Pickett was begging to throw some picks, too. <laughs> yes. Um, so, anyway, uh, your major takeaways, I think the Steelers probably a little bit more interesting with the Pickett, with the pickens Deontay split Jamie and is it basically start Deontay sit Pickens is that how you're gonna go into every week and then we'll kind of play the matchups but what do you think I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say Pickett Pickens is an automatic sit right away you know I again if he catches that touchdown we feel a little bit better about him but you've now seen two games of the three with Deontay Johnson back where it's been a lot of Deontay Johnson and you know we we, we said this going in to the game that um it was it was right back to a lot of the same route running that Pickens was doing before Deontay Johnson got hurt or basically last season. Yeah. So my thought going into the year all along was always going to be that Deontay Johnson was still going to be the focal point of the passing game. And you've seen that now that that's kind of what this offense is, is going through. Uh, Pat Fryermuth will hopefully come back um, soon and that could change some things as well. But for now, yes, I would say Deontay Johnson's a must start guy in PPR Still going to consider him on the fence and non PPR because I don't think he's all of a sudden going to score a boatload of touchdowns. But you got to be more encouraged by by this. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say Pickens. You're automatically sitting. Dave, do you think we should buy, sell, or hold on the Steelers running backs who are performing a little bit better lately? Uh, I'd buy into them continuing to run the ball, and I think Najee's looked good for a couple of weeks now. I was encouraged by what Warren did, and especially encouraged that Warren went back to being involved in the passing game because last week he wasn't as much and Najee was. I, the Steelers are going to lean on this because I don't know if they can lean too heavily on Kenny Pickett. And so Najee's look better. I would start him as a number two RB. Warren is a number three RB, bi-week RB, maybe a low-end starter in PPR leagues. But they, they were both really good. It was encouraging. Um, okay, on the other side of the ball, 
What do you guys think, Jamie? What do you think about DeAndre Hopkins? So he got his targets. He didn't get his production. Dave mentioned he was open in the end zone. Four catches for 60 yards on 11 targets. And uh, kudos to Joey Porter, rookie cornerback, who asked Mike Tomlin if he could shadow Hopkins. He was on him a lot, and he did a pretty good job. But, uh, yeah, anyway, after the huge game, the three touchdowns last week, he's back to 10 PPR fantasy points this week. Your thoughts going forward on Hopkins? You missed your sell-high window. We said that on Wednesday, you know, when you're asking who's a sell-high candidate. That was the guy I mentioned. Um, I, I Look, you're going to get some good games. You're going to get some struggling games. That's what happens with a rookie quarterback and really nothing else to help DeAndre Hopkins, you know, take coverage away. You know, uh, hopefully Traylon Burks is okay, and that was a scary injury. It seems like he's trending in the right mm. direction after what happened. So, yep. yeah. you know, who knows how long he'll be out. But Nick Westbrook-Akina and, you know, Kyle Phillips, they don't scare opposing defenses. You know, Chigo Conquo has been a disappearing act. So it's it's Will Levis looking for DeAndre Hopkins. Understandably so is what he should do. It was great against Atlanta. But that's going to be, I think, a, a problem for as good as he can be still Hopkins. He's not going to be consistent at his age in this offense and the attention he's going to see. So he'll be, I think, what he's been probably the majority of the season, a borderline number two, number three receiver, more on the number three side. Is there something there with Phillips? Would you add him in a deep, deep league? Deep, deep PPR. Yeah, I, I think when you when you talk about like Khalil Shakir and um, you know maybe we'll see what happens with the Patriots receivers with you know the the Kendrick Bourne injury you know whether it's you know a Juju or or, or Tyquan Thornton because I think we're all excited about you know Douglas um, but those type of guys you know I, th- th- there there could be something there. Yep, eight targets over the last two games, some clutch ones, some really good throws to Phillips from Levis last night. Any thoughts on Derrick Henry just to wrap up this fun? Start him. Maybe not a top 10 running back like he used to be, but still getting the work, getting a few catches, three catches, yeah. right? I, I think that you just keep rolling with him. Read the schedule again. We've got at Tampa Bay, at Jacksonville, Carolina, Indy, at Miami in week 14. There's really two games there based on the narrative that we've kind of been talking about where I think they're probably chasing points significantly. Jacksonville, which they always play Jacksonville tough, so it's hard to say that. And then the Dolphins. Otherwise, they're probably going to be in the rest of those games. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about two matchups against Houston in the fantasy playoffs? Should be in those games. Again, unless their defense just craters. And the thing that's a little troublesome coming off of the last two games for them, their run defense is falling apart. Because we know their pass defense is not great. Mm -hmm. And if their run defense is going to fall apart, then they're going to be in trouble. But it's funny you mentioned Houston, right? Because Houston has, over the past few years, been the worst run defense in football. And Derrick Henry... He scores over 20 fantasy points basically every time he faces them. Uh, looking at his most recent games, 126 yards and a touchdown, 219 yards and two touchdowns, 250 and two, 212 and two, 211 yards and three touchdowns. Derrick Henry versus Houston is a thing. He is. It's basically the best production of any running back against any team. It has to be. However, it's better than what he does against Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. It's every single game. He had 126 yards and one touchdown the last time he faced Houston. That was his worst performance by far since 2019. Um, it's incredible. But Houston is much better against the run this year. But, man, that history, you love it. And he faces them twice in the fantasy playoffs. All right, we can wrap up on this game here. Um, I, I, I will say this, though. Yeah. I know we were saying hold Tajay Spears through the trade deadline. I would not be dropping him. You know, the 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 one thing you might fear is – Clearly, the Titans are starting to look toward the future. And will they start to give Spears more work? He are, they already are. I mean, he no, played I mean, more snaps than Henry last night. Okay. So, Dave, that's the end of Thursday Night Football. Na, 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 na. 
Uh, also, someone wants to know what Jamie thinks of the uh, the ho- Adam Halloween story scandal. That <laughs> Jamie's take on it, the recent Adam Halloween story <laughs> scandal. What's the Halloween story scandal? The scandal is that Adam told my story oh. yesterday. You told me this. Oh, you ratted on me. It's not ratting. You said, you said it, it on a program. program. Yeah, he wasn't watch watching. Myself. A program. I like that you, you choose this guy's name, by the way. Oh, God. I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Hugh Jess. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, Hugh. Hilarious. My bad. All right. Listen, we got a lot of great content <laughs> for you so this weekend. Huge ass. We got our mailbag. We're actually recording our mailbag at 11 a.m. this morning, so a little bit earlier. So we'll read your Apple podcast questions and your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. YouTube.com slash fantasyfootball today if you want to watch our live stream at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday to get your questions answered. And we'll hang out. We'll watch the end of the Dolphins-Chiefs game together. 11.30 a.m. YouTube.com slash fantasyfootball today. Uh, also, hey, Adam, Yes. Do you want to hear the whole story or are you just going to nah, tell? No, that's all right. I mean, uh, there's another half to the story. I'll, if we have time at the end of the show. Um, and HQ, CBS Sports HQ Fantasy Football Today, the OG version is uh, at 9 a.m. this week. 9 a.m. Because we have uh, the London. Set my alarm. We have the London game early in the morning. It's not London. It's not what? It's not London? Correct. Come on, Dave. That's the game. I knew you were going with that. No, it's not in London. But it's the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Yeah. In Germany, 9.30. I love that you knew that I was going to correct you yeah, on that. That's right. Well, that's, listen, man. That's low-key brilliant. You were, he sends me a text. He sends me a text this morning. Well, don't react. Right. Don't, yeah. don't say, don't say, don't correct me when I say London. Don't correct right. me. He did the exact same thing with uh, the Bengals and who they were playing. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's a trick. Well, listen, the, the AFC, I knew like it was going to be that game, so... You weren't on the show. I had to come up with something clever. Let's get our news and notes. Oh, actually, uh, impromptu segment. Really, let's talk about backup quarterbacks and wide receivers. It's a big question this week, right? And let's talk about what we've seen so far from good wide receivers, sometimes great wide receivers, who have had backup quarterbacks. We haven't really had a ton of it this year um, yet. <laughs> but well, How we far are you now. stretching this, though? So here are, the, replacements? here are the guys I have, right? Garrett Wilson, so far, is the number 33 wide receiver per game in non-PPR, number 24 in PPR. Devontae Adams played one game without Garoppolo so far. It was with O'Connell. He had eight catches for 75 yards on 13 targets. Amari Cooper, in his last four games without Watson. We'll throw Myers in there, too. Myers was bad. Myers was bad, yeah. Um, Amari Cooper in his last four games without Watson, 2.6 points, 14.8, 4.2, and 14.9. If I had to do the quick math, I'd say he's averaging about nine points per game, maybe 10. So every other week, we got him next week. Then. Yeah. The best has been the Colts wide receivers, but that was kind of an obvious upgrade just because Minshew was going to throw more than Richardson, but they've been great. And then DJ Moore. DJ Moore has three straight games with about 55 yards and no touchdowns. With Bajent. Uh, well, and- if you're going to do Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, you got to do Marquise Brown for the season. Uh, okay, fair. I think he's probably been in the same range. Let me see where he is per game. He's 27th per game. 
This is this has been bad. That's I, wild because we kind of had the impression that Marquise Brown was doing well with Dobbs. He had a bunch of games with over 15 PPR points. I think he's been all right. I mean, 13.3 points per game. It's not bad. It's not a player that you just outright sit or anything like that. But all of these guys are capable of a lot more, except, you know, not Colts situation aside. And Gardner Minshew, I think we would have to regard as one of the better backup quarterbacks. But my point mm-hmm. is, you know, I think people well, want— Thielen, too. Thielen had a big game with Andy Dalton. Thielen had a big okay. game with Andy Dalton. DeAndre Hopkins had a big game with Will Levis, and then a stinker. Yep. Yeah, I knew. Did I knew I was going to forget some? Dalton yeah, Hopkins' like average passes. is probably pretty great. <laughs> right. That's why average can be tricky. Um, but there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of risk. So anyway, we can. I don't know. We can talk about that as the games come. But obviously, there's going to be a ton of Cup and Nakua questions. A ton. And Rippon made two starts last year. One of them was against the Jets. The other one, he played pretty well uh, against the Cardinals. I think he was like something like 21 of 26. It wasn't a great stat line because he didn't throw a lot, but he, I'd say he acquitted himself well. But yeah, anyway, this is, this is tough. I mean, this is not an easy top. It's not an easy subject. You don't really know what to expect. Um, but I think, like, I think Jaron Hall could be awful. Right? He could be awful. I'm, I, I was surprised at how high you guys have Jordan Addison ranked. I don't want to start Addison. You guys seem to want to start him. Well, I mean, think about what we're missing this week. It's not just him. It's it's the two Rams guys. It's Marquise Brown. It's DJ Moore. You know, there's a lot of guys dealing with backup quarterbacks. Plus, you have the four teams on a bye. If this, I, I got asked this question on a radio show this morning. Like, it, you know, wh- what to expect with Jordan Addison? Like, this week, expect probably a little bit of a down game. Next week, you hope with Dobbs back that or with Dobbs starting that it's going to be a good game for him. But, you know, when you start to just look at the landscape of what the position is, like, you got to hope a full week of a game plan installed for him. You're right. He might be awful, but he also might do enough easy throw, get enough easy throws from guys that are going to be open in Addison and Hawkinson that I think you could buy into it. And let's not make any mistakes here. He's stepping into the same situation that Will Levis just stepped into last week, facing the Falcons as a backup quarterback. And he may have not four touchdowns, but maybe he is 202 with a couple mistakes on top of it, you know, and those go to Hawkinson and, and Addison. So I'm not going to completely run away from him. Like I'm not going to run away from Cup and, and Nakua. You just downgrade them. And so if you have better options, I don't know how many people do this week. I mean, you said it, Adam, you're, you're, you went overpaying like crazy for DeMario Douglas yeah. because you had, you needed somebody to start. And there are a lot of people in that situation. You know, I, I made three trades yesterday to cover some holes. Um, a couple were good. One was probably questionable, but I needed to, you know, find some starters. And so, you know, you have to do what you have to do at some point. But I, I think in terms of Addison, just on his own, still a number two receiver for me. And Same here. And I started the week studying the quarterbacks themselves. So I have notes on Jaron Hall and Clayton Toon and Brett Rippon and, and what I think they might be able to do. But the thing that I come back to is what offenses are they in and what are they going to be asked to do? And in the case of Rippon, for example, I'm sure that most of his throws are going to be inside of 15 yards. And all he needs to do is just be on the same page as Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. And hopefully those guys will be safe enough to start in PPR with lowered expectations. Non-PPR, probably a different story. There's no way you should expect either of those guys to be what they were with Matthew Stafford for obvious reasons. Rippon isn't anywhere close to as good as Stafford. And Jaron Hall, same thing. But think about that Vikings offense. I don't know if this is going to turn Minnesota into a run-heavy squad. Well, they want to lose, it will. Well, and I I just don't think that's Kevin O'Connell's nature. And so if, if Jaron Hall is going to throw a lot, of course, there's going to be some turnover worthy throws and some mistakes along the way. But we've seen Jordan Addison scoot past defenses and Jaron Hall should be able to get him the ball in space pretty routinely. It's also, you know, Adam, we, we 
we went through this a few times to some degrees of success, some not so much. Twice in the 49ers tenure with um, with Kyle Shanahan, you know, and Nick Mullins tying into Minnesota um, is, is part of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the one year when Garoppolo went down and everybody was healthy there in San Francisco, I think it was 2018, Mullins had some pretty good production. Remember his first game on a Thursday night? That well, was listen, 2018 I, or that I, was 2020? I don't know if it was 2018, but it was his first NFL start. The Raiders, right? Yep. I think so. And yep. he ended up playing great. And then you're probably going to say Brock Purdy being the other one. Well, I'm just saying, like, when you have these offensive play callers, that's where I was going. You have these offensive play callers. You saw it with Baker Mayfield last year. He was a disaster. And then he gets to the Rams and he was competent. And that was with a really scaled down receiving core. You know, there was no cup. There was no, I think Van Jefferson was just coming back from injury. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. And he made plays. And so, you know, you give Sean McVay time, you give Kevin O'Connell time, you know, those two teams in particular, I think will find ways as Dave just laid it out. They'll find ways to scheme these guys open, easy throws, make it where these guys are comfortable. So do you start the KJ Osborne's of the world? No. Do you stick with the Jordan Addison's of the world? Yeah, I think so. You know, again, it just depends on, are you loaded at the position? Do you have great flex options? Then you start those other guys. But I think in case of Cup, Nakua, Addison, you just downgrade him a little bit. Like Marquise Brown's a little tougher to trust, but I still think, again, he's in that same category. I just don't trust the system as much. All right. Well, uh, yeah, Heath actually has Jordan Addison 38th. So I'm sorry. You guys are high on him. Heath is not high on him. So I, I probably could have gotten the Heath sigh and they, like Heath. Uh, oh, uh, Heath, how do you feel about Jordan Addison today? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. All right. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll go through our news and notes. One question for each game, beat the waiver wire, and then we'll start talking about the games. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, here we go with our news and notes. Matthew Stafford, mispractice, not expecting him at this moment. Kyler Murray's off the injury report. Same thing happened last week. Still not expecting him at this moment. Deshaun Watson also seems unlikely to play. Uh, he didn't rule it out. Uh, he just said, you know, he's not, can't commit to it. Uh, he's trusting the experts as opposed to when he rushed back against the Colts. There you go. Uh, Gus Edwards practiced in full. Amari DiMercato mispractice again. And Damian Pierce mispractice again. I can't imagine you'd be interested in Keontae Ingram. No, but Devin Singletary would be a good bi-week replacement running back if he's going to be the main guy for Houston. I would imagine that he would be. Boone would play third downs, and Texans would try and roll with that against the Bucks. And not only that, I mean, again, I don't want to just steal all of the beat the waiver wire fun, but Devin Singletary is something like 44% rostered. And if he gets this one-game audition, you know, it could be a Chuba Hubbard situation. I don't think he's going to completely take Pierce off the field, but... 
you you know, I think he's worth he might. adding. He might. Yeah. He might. Pierce had some really good runs last week, though. Just not near the goal line. Uh, Raheem Mostert should play. CEH is out. That shouldn't really matter. Jarek McKinnon was limited. Unfortunately, Saquon Barkley says he's going to be dealing with a high ankle sprain for the rest of the season. So, Ooh. yeah. And then, you know, you wonder, I mean, do you wonder if they could shut him down at some point? Because they're obviously not headed in the right direction. Well, why would they care? For his sake. I mean, not going to make the guy go out there and play hurt. Well, I would, I would imagine if he says well, he's playing, he's going to play. Right. Well, he's going uh, if, into a contract. If he was here. truly hurt, he would stop himself from playing. Right. Fine. Well, either way, yeah, you know, if you're talking about trading for Saquon Barkley, does this does the fact that he said he's going to be dealing with it all year uh give you pause? I think it just lowers what you should be, you know, expecting to give away, right? You know, but the the Barkley manager is not going to just give him away. He's been producing with this ankle sprain. Would you rather have Jonathan Taylor or Saquon Barkley rest of the season? Taylor. Taylor makes sense in the wake of that news, and you should be able to – what you should do is if you're really trying to acquire Saquon Barkley, send that news story to whoever you're trading with and say, I'm not paying what you think I should pay for him. Uh, Puka Nakua limited with a knee injury, but we're ranking him. Drake London mispracticed again. So we'll talk about that game and what that might mean for Kyle Pitts. Michael Wilson mispracticed. Curtis Samuel still missing practice. Uh, Josh Palmer mispracticed their first practice of the week. Debo Samuel says he's ready to go. Uh, they're on their bye, but Debo will be back next week. And Josh Downs pro- uh, popped up on the injury report. We'll have to keep an eye on that. He practiced Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. Darren Waller's out and could miss several weeks. Gerald Everett practiced in full. Uh, on the offensive line, we'll see if Tyron Smith could play this week. And Teron Armstead, maybe. And the Giants. I believe Mike McCarthy tackles. said Tyron Smith is playing. Oh, excellent. Uh, on, let's see, Monday night, Rasul Douglas looks like he's going to play for the Buffalo Bills. Very excited for that one. Sunday uh, night, right? No, Monday. Sunday night. A double game of the week, Dave. Yes, it's Sunday night. And it's the Bills and the Bengals. A double game of the week, folks. It's Sunday night, of course. I couldn't decide which one was I more excited about. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I it's think this one, right? I think got to be this one. I think the Bengals are going to I think the Bengals are going to win by 7. If not more. I was convinced that they were going to beat the Bills in the playoffs last year because I thought the Bills could not cover them and I think the same problem exists. Uh, and that is that's most of the key inch. Oh, uh, Willie Gay, uh, linebacker for the Chiefs, he was limited so that was good. Dolphins secondary getting healthier. Graham Gano is on IR. Don't start him. Philadelphia, how do you feel about that? How that all played out? I think uh, it's a shame. I think if he was really hurt, that's the reason they lost the game. You know, it's like it was the right decision to kick the field goal, but if he was really injured, then it was the wrong decision. Bad news for Devin Singletary, by the way. Tampa Bay defensive tackle Vita Vea practiced in full. Did um, you mention Gerald Everett? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. All right, one question for each game. Dallas is at Philadelphia. Should we sit? Oh, wait, let me get some scary music. Should we sit? Tony Pollard. No. No. Lowered expectations. Lowered expectations. I think realistic expectations at this point. Like He's just not been great. Hope he catches the ball. We need that. 
Chicago at New Orleans. Starter sit DJ Moore after three straight games with around 50 to 55 yards and no touchdowns. Starter sit DJ Moore. He's a flex. Easier to start in PPR than non-PPR. I have been a fan of the Saints secondary pretty much all year long, and I would expect them to hassle more. Still a number two receiver. Addison or DJ Moore? Addison. Moore. Indianapolis is at Carolina. Will there be enough pass attempts for Gardner Minshew and Josh Downs to be worth starting? Yes. Agreed. Do you think uh, starting Pittman over... Are you starting Pittman over all... Not all. Most of the wide receivers with backup quarterbacks? Rams guys? Moore? Addison? The only ones I've ranked ahead of him are Cooper Cup and does Garrett Wilson count? Yeah, yeah I was going to say Adams count. I don't know if, uh, uh, yeah, Adams counts. You yeah, I'll start Adams over him. Okay. I would start Adams and Wilson if that's the, the category. I would start Pittman over Cup. All right. Uh, let's see. Rams are at Green Bay. How do you How do you feel about the Rams wide receivers? It's not just the question of the game. It might be the question of the week. How do you feel about the Rams receivers, Jamie? I think Cup is still a must-start guy, but again, lowered expectations. So not a, not a top ten guy for me, but still top fifteen. And Puka is still inside the top twenty for now. But if he has another limited practice, I may drop him a few spots. I don't know how many times I can sing the lowered expectations. So I was always one of my favorite. Sketches. I don't know if everybody gets that. I got a few people in the a few people in the chat are feeling it. Like that Mad TV reference. Someone said great reference. Okay, Dave usually sings it with me. Uh, Minnesota at Atlanta. Start or sit Jordan at... No, I can't ask that. I already did that. Um, start or sit Kyle Pitts. He stinks again, by the way. It, we're kind of, I've been sort of glossing over it, but he's been horrible since a good two-game stretch. Uh, but the London injury is interesting, and the Heineke upgrade, hopefully, is interesting. Start or sit Kyle Pitts. Low-end starter. Fair to say. The I like one the Joker thing- better. I like Logan Thomas better. Um, I like Taysom Hill and non PPR better, but hopefully, like you said, the two situations, no London, if he's out and changing quarterback will be the thing that Kyle Pitts needs. Then you might want to sell him after that. Sure. So Heineke's a dot last week was 9.7 yards. It was a full yard higher than Ritter's season high in a game. So a more aggressive passer should lead to good things for Kit for Pitts because he runs routes further downfield. Just trusting any Falcons player other than Bijan right now doesn't seem like the best thing in the world to do. I would be more encouraged if there were no was no Drake London. Minnesota 14th against uh, tight ends, so they're solid. But um, if Drake London were out, you would still start Najoku and Logan Thomas, Jamie, over Kyle Pitts? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not there yet. I still have Pitts ahead of him. And one more game. Giants at Raiders. Well, <laughs> as Heath would say, how do you feel about the Vegas wide receivers? Adams is a must-start guy, and Myers is a high-end number three receiver. Would it shock you if Adams was, like, the number four receiver this week? No. Not really. Same. It's Basically, there's a familiar script with the Giants every week. One receiver does really well. And pretty much nobody else. We'll see if that holds up. Um, but they're going to have a rookie shadowing Devontae Adams. I'm pretty sure. I don't. I don't know how that's going to. I don't think that's going to go well. Beat the waiver wire. Remember, Chiefs, Dolphins, Rams, Eagles. 
on by next week. You've got to replace Matthew Stafford. Uh, so what do you do? Justin Fields is super, uh, super rostered, 93%. But take a look just in case someone dropped Justin Fields. Uh, I Are was you get- sure Justin Fields is playing next week? No, I'm not. But, boy, they would look pretty dumb if he doesn't, right? Because they didn't put him on IR. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's true. But this is the Bears we're talking about. I was going to recommend Geno Smith, but he's 86% roster. He's facing Washington. Check to see if Kyler Murray is available. Uh, but Taylor Heineke is the one that's widely available that I think might be interesting. He's at Arizona next week. Um, Russell Wilson's at Buffalo. He's 68% rostered. I think the number one beat the waiver wire guy should be Khalil Herbert. He's not available in a ton of leagues, but he's 67% rostered. Anyone else jump out at you that, you know, Singletary, 44%, Akers, 62%, Charbonnet, 65%, uh, Jahan Dotson, 66%. But if I would pick up Herbert in a second if he were available. Um, how about any anything for you guys? I mean, that makes a lot of sense because they're probably going to give him a big opportunity once he's healthy. I hope so. Uh, Even if they don't, you got to take the shot. I mean, this is what this is the roster percentage that the, Deontay Johnson was at just before he came off IR, and it was criminal that he wasn't, you know, a hundred percent rostered. Um, Leonard Fournette, I have on here just in case. Let, let me we could see what happens there. There's two bills. Fournette would be one. Khalil Shakir would be the other. If we see another good game for Shakir, he gets Denver in Week Ten. Uh, Baker gets the Titans next week, right? He does. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yep. He's 61%. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, Jahan Dotson, see where this goes. Quentin Johnston, 29% rostered. See where that goes. It's not bad. Do you dare chance it with Jonathan Mingo at Chicago in Week 10? Not me. He's been playing better, yeah. It's not a bad call. He he got a lot of work coming out of the bye, so I I think that he may end up being like a low-end thing, like maybe 10 PPR point thing. Uh, Justice Hill, he got four catches last week. You know, PPR, that's not bad if you're stuck, and who yeah. knows what happens with them mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, Royce Freeman's still available. We could see him take over more work in Los Angeles. Is Ky- Kyron back after the bye or one more game? One more game after the bye, week 12. Uh, by the way, uh, Juju Brandon Cooks is still 61%. Oh, he go. scored in two straight games. And he gets the Giants next week. Well, but usually the Giants don't give up. Good games, two receivers. So Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't buy that, but you never know. I mean, that could be. That's the fear I have with Demario Douglas that that maybe it's someone else. Maybe oh, it's Juju. But I would be sick if it ended. It would be up bad. But all right, let's I go hope to the they games. make Taekwon active, and that those are the two guys they lean on is the two young guys just to see what they have. Let's go to the games. Dallas is at Philadelphia. Stat of the game. This one's for Brandon Cooks, obviously for Lamb, but let's see for Cooks. 16 wide receivers have scored 12.3 or more PPR fantasy points against the Eagles in eight games. That's two per game. 13 wide receivers have scored 16.2 or more against the Eagles. They are Jefferson, Kendrick Bourne, Curtis Samuel, Evans, McLaurin, Addison, Nakua, Cup, Garrett Wilson, Tyreek Hill, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel again, and McLaurin again. It's a lot of good receivers there. We've got to say that about the Eagles. They face a lot of good receivers, but they absolutely stink against receivers. So, you know, this game I think is going to be kind of obvious for people. You're going to start the, start the guys you normally start. Pollard might give people a little pause. But what about Brandon Cooks? What do you think about him, Dave Richard? 
I was actually going to defer to Jamie on this one because Jamie was the one mentioning him as a waiver wire ad earlier in the week. And at first I thought, man, that's strange because he's not getting a lot of targets and all he's done is scored in two straight games. But if you go and you watch Cook's play, he still is a burner. Like he he absolutely has the kind of speed that the Cowboys should harness to try and take down Philadelphia. Triple game of the, of the week, yeah. <laughs> what a week this is going to be. It's the Eagles and the Cowboys, yeah. A triple game of the week, folks. Don't pull out that song for Saints. No, that's it. Triple is my limit. So the text that you sent me said it was five games of the week this week. <laughs> Long story short, I think that Brandon Cooks is a good sleeper. Just, I, I wouldn't expect him to be a factor in the red zone. Okay. Even though he was last week. Last uh, two games he was. Yeah, I, maybe he will be. As I said, I and, and, and I said this, people. I said this going into their bye when he had the game against the Chargers. That what I liked about it was I thought he was a couple games removed from the knee injury that kept him out. I think it was week two or week three. And the way that we've seen this offense operate for Mike McCarthy is Dak Prescott's having to make a lot of plays off script. And in that game against the Chargers, we saw some connection there, especially on the touchdown that carried over to the first game after the bye. And I think it's something that we might be able to look to look at moving forward. Not a must start guy by any stretch, but again, looking at the week and who's potentially going to be able to help you high scoring game. I wouldn't be surprised if he's involved a little more on the season. Cooks has four red zone targets, one touchdown. Uh, Dak Prescott is, I think the easy number eight this week after the elite seven. Dak is eight for both of you. He's nine for Heath. Heath has Howell ahead of Prescott, but start Dak Prescott. So Pollard is, is outside the top 10. He's around 12. I don't really know what to say at this point. He scored single-digit PPR fantasy points in three of his last four games. Tony Pollard does not have a touchdown since week one. The Eagles, you cannot run on them. They allow the fewest fantasy points to running backs. And the problem is they see the fewest carries, which is also why they're struggling against uh, carries per game. It's also why they're struggling against receivers, right? Teams don't run on them. So... Yeah, I mean, the fact that you have him ranked outside the top 10 is telling you guys you're a little nervous about Pollard, but he's still a start. Um, would you start Mostert over Pollard? Yes, for sure. Would you start Zach Moss or Tony Pollard? Pollard. Tony. You wouldn't go like Pacheco, Rashad White? Pacheco, yes, White, no. I would start Pollard over both of them. All right. Easier to do in half and non-PPR with White. Okay, let's see. Uh, only Brian Robinson and Brees Hall have scored a touchdown, and only no running back has more than 59 rushing yards against the Eagles. Talked about the Dallas receivers. Um, Jake Ferguson, starter sit, Dave. I like the red zone opportunities that he gets. He has 33 targets this year. 11 of them are in the red zone. He's used there. He's used as a check down option. He is a top 12-ish fantasy tight end, but he's touchdown dependent. How many tar- targets do you anticipate for Jake Ferguson? Six. That's the magic number. There have been three tight ends with at least six targets against the Eagles, and all three have been good. He's what got if three I games on the season with seven? Hunter Henry, TJ Hawkinson, and Logan Thomas. They've all had all had six targets. Yeah. I, I think it's better to start Ferguson if you expect it to be a high scoring game. Yeah. I, I think do. everybody expects did it you, to be a high Did you hear the music, yeah, I, Dave? <laughs> I would I would start Ferguson over Kyle Pitts if that's the question. That is a that is the question. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I. 
to me, Ferguson is better than the other two guys I mentioned. Also better than Ajoku, better than Thomas, better than uh, Kyle Pitts. Okay. Dave, he's kind you? of like what Dak is at quarterbacks. He's like the, okay, got past the guys that I feel somewhat comfortable with. Then there's Ferguson. Okay. Start hurts. Swift overpowered. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas is good against the run too, but Swift overpowered. Uh, AJ Brown, yes. Devontae Smith, would you start Devontae Smith or Tony Pollard? Smith. Smith. You feeling it with Smith this week? High scoring game, and I think we'll see how this Cowboys secondary handles this passing game. I think I wrote in the notes that Dallas allows the second most fantasy points to receivers, but I think they allow the second fewest fantasy points. Second fewest, yes. They're pretty good. Let's see. But it's also, I mean, you look at their opponents have been kind of disastrous. The only good receivers who have struggled against them are good. I mean, Debo, both 49ers guys uh, were not good in a, in a game where Kittle went crazy. And the Rams receivers last week were not good. Um, all right, so we trust Devontae Smith. Okay. Devontae Smith or Devontae Adams? Adams. Adams. Devontae Smith or Jordan Addison? Uh, Smith. And start Dallas Goddard. All right, start start this game. Uh, how do you feel about the DSTs? Eagles better than Cowboys just because Dak can be somewhat erratic in these type of games, especially on the road. Uh, although the last time he played in Philadelphia, if you recall, was 2021, last game of the season. He threw five touchdowns. Um, was Philadelphia playing in that game? Do they have anything to play for? Uh, I don't think they did. And I think that was one of those games where we said, you're not going to play Dak Prescott. It's week, uh, it's week 18. Right. <laughs> but I don't know if we should say that like, he's awesome in Philadelphia if he went. No, 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 no. no, no, no. That's that, what I'm saying. You're right. Like, that he, was he, backups for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yep. Um, but I, th- I think, again, you just look at the there's more there's more potential of Dak being a little turnover prone and trusting the Eagles defense in their building. Okay. By the way, Dak and Jalen Hurts did not face each other last year. It was Cooper Rush versus Hurts, and it was Dak versus Minshew. So looking forward to this game. Chicago is at New Orleans. Not really looking forward to this game. The Saints have struggled a bit on defense their last two weeks. 24 offensive points to the Jaguars, 27 points to the Colts in their last two games. Um, so, But is DJ Moore the only player you're even considering starting for the Bears, Dave? I'd consider Cole Komet. In as like a low end option in PPR. That's about it. Is this going to be a great game for Deontay Foreman or a terrible game? There doesn't really seem to be much in between. No, I think it's going to be terrible. I expect the Bears to play from behind, so that negates him as a high volume running back. Saints defense typically pretty good against the run. I I would stay away. Yeah, fourth fewest fantasy points allowed to running backs. Right. Um, now they were terrible last week. But I just I, I don't I don't think the Bears are in the same class as the Colts when it comes to running the ball. I mean, here's I, I could make I think it's so much easier to make the case against DJ Moore than four. Here's where he's finished the last three weeks in PPR: wide receiver thirty-seven, wide receiver twenty-one, wide receiver fifty-one. You know, Heath has him thirteenth, and I think last week I don't, I don't want to speak for Heath. He was talking about you know his full season averages and. I don't know if that's factoring in at this point, but I don't care about his full season averages. I don't care about the Fields games, right? I only care about the Bajan games, and it's pretty consistent, 51 to 55 yards. He had a game where he almost scored two touchdowns, one of them rushing, one of them receiving. So that could happen, but 
I this is what I'm noticing from backup quarterbacks. I mean, they they struggle with the touchdowns, and the receivers, you know, also struggle with the touchdowns in turn. But not only that, he's facing the Saints, and I say it every week: they might have the best outside cornerbacks in the NFL. They struggle against the slot. DJ Moore hardly ever plays in the slot right now. So I, I like convince me that he's not a a must sit player. His last three games, he obviously has a long track record against them because of playing in the NFC South with the Panthers. His last three games against them, three for twenty nine, one for two, one for ten. Jeez, I told you to convince me not to. to... Well, the two games prior to that, and I don't know the quarterbacks in all these games because there's been a lot of them, but five for 101. This is going back to January of 2021, so probably week 18 of the 2020 season. Five for 101, and then eight for 79 and a touchdown in uh, probably week two of the 2021 campaign. So I don't, can't trust that. It's too long ago. Yeah, way too long ago. Last year, he was on a different team last year. Look, with Bajan, he's getting about seven targets per game and his catch rate's at 76%. So maybe he gets you close to 15 PPR points. I hope. That would be more I than I think that's the open and non-PPR. I think what Jamie just wrote off should scare the pants off you. Yeah, uh, so um, I, will say, I, I, I will say that I've been a little underwhelmed by the Saints versus wide receivers. They're 14th against wide receivers. Um, they, you know, they did well against Hopkins. They did well against Ridley. Phelan scored. Dobbs had a big game. Godwin had 114 yards without Evans. Evans got hurt in that game. Nico Collins had four for 80 on four targets. Pittman, now this is Pittman had eight for 40, but with a touchdown on 13 targets. So they haven't been quite as good as I, as I think, you know, I expected. Um, Cole Komet, yeah, Cole Komet is low-end starter. Derek Carr is the start of the week. You guys have him ninth and 10th. Heath is a little bit lower on him. The Bears allow the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So it's basically the Elite Seven, Dak Prescott, and then it's Carr for Jamie. And then, Dave, you have one other player ranked ahead of Carr? Or am I wrong? Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Okay. So you can start Derek Carr, start Kamara, start or sit Chris Olave. And then, like, let's give Michael Thomas credit. If you need 11 points, he gets it every single week right around there. And then Shahid can make a play too. But Jamie, uh, let's start with Olave. Start or sit? Start. Again, the targets have been there. It's a good matchup. You know, I, I think he's. if you have better options because he hasn't been consistent with the targets, then that's fine. You can go away from him. But there's going to be one of these games. This could easily be it in their own building against this defense. I know they've gotten a little bit better by keeping Johnson and trading for Sweat. But I still think this is a game where Carr will have some success. So he's proven he can have success without Olave having a big game. You know, three straight games over 300 yards receiving. It's not like Olave's done a lot to help him there. But there's still that potential. So I'm still ranking him and trusting him as a number two receiver. Is he a top 12 guy like he was being drafted? No. There are other options that are better. But I do think this is a good spot for Olave to come through. Olave or Cup slash Nakua? Cup, Olave, Nakua. I'm worried that it'll end up being Olave, Cup, Nakua, though. Easier to trust Cup in PPR. It is weird that the Bears, they've only allowed one receiver to have more than 69 yards, Mike Evans. Um, they give up some points, but it's pretty strange. The receivers don't get a ton of targets against them, you know? But um, we'll see. They gotta, are they going to give up some big plays? Because that's what the Saints offense is. Yeah, so Michael, well, Tom, Mike, like, do you feel like Michael Thomas is going to get what he normally gets? 
I think Michael Thomas will get what he normally gets, maybe with a shot to get closer to 15. He could score. I don't think he'll see much of Jalen Johnson in the game. I got to double check to see if Jalen Johnson travels or not. The one thing that kind of gives me a little bit of pause is the reason why the Bears give up so much uh, passing-wise is because quarterbacks have all day to throw. If they've got Montez Sweat playing for them now, that makes their pass rush significantly better. And I wonder if that has some sort of an impact on maybe keeping the game more competitive and maybe giving Carr more than 26 pass attempts in the game. Maybe he'll have to throw just a little bit more because he you know, won't have all day and I think it's, might not be able to run as well. I think it's funny like how much Sweat and Chase Young were coveted and that pass defense for Washington has been so awful. I know. I know. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's funny. Um, they get beat over the top all the time. All right. Uh, starter sit Taysom Hill. And would you start Hill or Cole Komet? Komet in PPR, Hill in non and half. Um, I Look, we, we've seen this story from Taysom Hill before. You know, just looking at last week's game, forget about the two games prior because he was more of a traditional tight end. He's not going to do that with Juwan Johnson back. They showed us that last week. He had one catch. I think you got to just understand, like, there could be a nine for 60 game with no scores. There could be a three for seven game with two scores. Yeah, you're you talking know, like rushing. You're, gonna, you're talking rushing. Rushing, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, they're they're just too much. He's just too much of a wild card. So I think if you're stuck at tight end and he's on your team, okay, I'll take my chances with the wild card. But again, I I, I would rather have Njoku. I'd rather have Logan Thomas. I'd rather have Jake Ferguson. And that's in all formats. And so we'll see if you know Taysom Hill can fall into the end zone. That's really what you need at this point. It is. Um, let me just see. I feel like the Bears probably give up a lot of rushing touchdowns, right? You would think. The Bears give up. Uh, no, they don't, actually. They are like 10th in rushing touchdowns allowed to running backs. I don't know about overall. All right, that's it for that game. Let's go to the Colts and the Panthers. Stat of the game. These two teams allow the most rushing touchdowns per game to running backs. So I think you're probably not surprised to hear about the Carolina, but for the Colts, uh, does it give you any any hope for Chuba Hubbard? Do the Colts give up the second most rushing touchdowns? Actually, they might even be tied with the Panthers, whether they're most or second most rushing touchdowns per game, Dave Richard. It makes me a little more interested in Hubbard, but not enough to say that he's a must-start running back, even in PPR. I think he's a bi-week guy, number three guy. So who are the easy calls in this game? Thielen, Pittman, Taylor. What about? I think Moss is an easy call. I think Moss and Downs are easy, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, da- so da- it's the only question about, about this game. I mean, Carolina, they give up the, the... The question is the pass volume. That is the problem. Do the Panthers have a good pass defense? Probably not. Are they good for fantasy, in fantasy, against quarterbacks and wide receivers? Yeah, they kind of are because they see the fewest pass attempts per game in the NFL. And you've got a team that we have seen them at times give you know 18 carries to both of their running backs. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's a pretty big concern here. But I I asked you about it earlier, Jamie, if you want to expand saying that Josh Downs is kind of an easy call. I was like, I'm guessing like a high-end number three receiver. Um, I'm as a number two receiver. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's just, you, you got to buy into what he's done for the last month and really every game with Gardner Minshew. There's been a strong connection. There's been now back-to-back games with touchdowns. He played his college football at North Carolina, by the way. So this could be somewhat of a homecoming for him. <laughs> hey, um, I, I like that. 
So, yeah, I, I just look at what he's been able to do. And and I'll go back to Chuba Hubbard. I actually think Hubbard's a decent play this week, and that's kind of why I like Minshew a little bit more. I think the Panthers are going to hang around. I don't think this is going to be a game where the Colts steamroll them. I don't think they have that type of ability. And, and we've seen this run defense without Grover Stewart on the field been absolutely atrocious. So I think Hubbard is – if he's still going to be the lead guy, which I don't know why they would go away from that based on how they used Miles Sanders last week, I have Hubbard as a low-end number two running back. So I don't, I don't necessarily – I'm not. I'm not scared to have to trust him if I if I need to this week. Yes, he's more of a bye week guy, not a not a slam dunk. But I do think he'll have some success here just based on the matchup. So Bryce Young has looked better. I think uh, you know we we've talked about Thielen. I think Jonathan Mingo is somebody that could have some opportunities here also. So this is going to be a competitive game. So I do think that we'll get some some more options than just Taylor and Moss running through this defense. Yeah, another thing. So you mentioned the Grover Stewart uh, not playing for the uh, for the Colts. Zaire Franklin. Starting linebacker, he's out. He's uh, did not practicing so far as well. So, you know, maybe maybe a reason to take a look at Hubbard. So if, if, would you start Hubbard or Singletary if Pierce is out? Hubbard. I think I'd take Devin just because I know he's going to get more work. Would you start Hubbard over Alexander Madison and Cam Akers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Hubbard is uh, in play this week. When was Stewart's? When did Stewart's suspension start? Last the Browns week. game when I made Jerome four right. start of the week. Last week, yeah. two games ago. Two games ago. So they've given up four touchdowns to running backs on the ground wow. in those last two games. Before that, two, four, six, seven touchdowns to running backs in six games. Yeah, so I think it's, it's making a, a difference. Been a problem e- either way. Okay, where are we here? So down, would you start Downs? Downs, Downs, Josh Downs, or Demario Douglas? Downs. I would start Downs over DJ Moore. I would too. Oh, Downs. In PPR. Or, yeah, I might do it in not PPR as well. Downs or Jacoby Myers? <laughs> downs. Josh Downs. All right, we got some Gabe David. Here we got some questions from the chat. Gabe Davis or Josh Downs? I would only start downs over Davis in full PPR. Half and non, I go Davis. I'll take Davis in all three formats. Cooper Cup or Zach Moss? Cup. Do you consider Moss in non PPR? I think I might. PPR, no way. Hubbard or Brian Robinson? Hubbard. I think I have Robinson higher. And this one basically comes down to Puka or this says pick three downs, Keenan Allen, Garrett Wilson, Puka Nakua. So it's basically downs or Puka Nakua. As long as Puka's fine, it would be downs setting, but I, I like all four. Good stuff. Thank you for these questions uh, from the chat. That helps a lot. All right. Anything else from this? Game? We should talk more about Minshew. I'm sorry. And Bryce Young is actually 16th for Jamie and 12th for Heath. So that's interesting. Not even close for Dave. He hasn't. Welcome to week nine. Yeah, welcome to week nine. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, Bryce Young might be QB five next week with those buys. Um, but Gardner Minshew or Sam Howell. Howell. Uh, I like Howell better, but the, look, there's there's like four guys that are relatively the same to me, and it's Howell, Carr, Minshew, and Stroud. I think they're all very. I'll put five in there. May- Baker Mayfield. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're all going to be somewhere between like 18 and 20 fantasy points. And, you know, one may get a third touchdown if they have a big day. It wouldn't shock me. But, you know, it's it's basically just like they have somewhat favorable matchups. They've been somewhat good recently. And you're just hoping that 
one of them stands out above the rest. I can't tell you with, with any certainty which one will definitely be better. To me, it's Carr just based on what his matchup is and you know the back back to back to back three hundred yard games. But Powell coming off a huge game, Minshew, you know, huge thirty one point game two games ago, eighteen points last week. You know, that's just where these guys live. They're going to live in the eighteen to twenty point range, and that's what you hope that they get because that's why you're starting. We have one more question, Dave. This one's for you. It's from Eric. What color is Miss Lippy's car? Jamie, blue. you can answer this one too. You know, it's blue. No idea. It's blue, right? Yes. Miss Lippy's car. No, I don't think so. I, I will bet. Is it? I feel like it's green. Green. Miss Lippy's. I haven't car. seen Jeff Lippman in a while. So it's I don't green, know Dave. It's green. Miss Lippy's car is green. The duck. Really? Is, the duck is blue. He drew a blue duck. Slippy's car is great. How do I? I must. I did watch that movie drunk a lot in college. <laughs> All right, let's uh, take a break. Rams. It is green. What the hell? Yeah, it's green. Rams and Packers. I'll eat three bucks. I'm sure I've told you this before. You probably don't remember. My music teacher when I was in elementary school was Miss Lippy. So I thought I always thought that was super cool. We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, here we go. Rams and Packers, stat of the game. Green Bay has allowed 15 or more PPR fantasy points to a wide receiver in every game. But they've only once allowed multiple wide receivers to score more than 12 PPR fantasy points in the same game. That was last week with Addison and Osborne. So I, t- I kind of brought it up with the Giants earlier. The Vikings, or the Packers rather, following a similar path. One receiver usually does well, but not two. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, so you guys are obviously higher on Cup and basically treating him as a must start. Where are you? Where have Nakua ranked? Still treating him as a must start. You know, still top twenty receiver. But again, you're talking about two guys that were, for the most part, since Cup has come back, consistently ranked in the top ten. It's just you have to downgrade them to whatever degree you feel comfortable downgrading them and who you feel comfortable starting over them. So I know, like for me, I have uh, a couple leagues where. Nakua is the fourth receiver on my team. For the most part, he's been the third receiver. Like I've been, I've been starting Nakua over Jalen Waddle in a couple of leagues that I'm switching this week. So you got to really have great options to sit these guys. 
I just hope Nakua is fine. You know, who knows how much this knee injury is a problem. Yeah, the one league I'm sitting him, it's for Waddle and Lamb and Mostert in yeah, half. Yeah, makes sense. But Rippin, I, I do want to give him credit, right? So two starts last year, he threw for 225 yards against the Jets in his first start. You know, that's t- Jets, super tough. Second start was 21 of 26 for 197 yards, a touchdown and an interception against Arizona. That's a really strong game on 26 pass attempts. Um, now they might that they might try to keep him there and just run the ball a lot. So who is the best running back in this game? Rams at Packers. Dave, who's the best fantasy running back, highest ranked? I've got Henderson. No, I don't. I have Jones ranked the highest. I literally have these four back to back to back to back. So <laughs> really, yeah, tough to have conviction on any of them. But Jones, then Dylan, then Henderson, then Freeman. That's PPR. Jones, Dylan, Henderson, Freeman, and PPR. How do you see it, Jamie? Henderson, Space, Jones, Dylan, Space, Freeman. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got some questions about this game from the chat. Puka or Pacheco? I'll take Pacheco. I might take Puka in full PPR. I go Pacheco. Two to one, Dave. <laughs> Puka or Rasheed Rice? Puka. Puka Nakua. Aaron Jones or Chuba Hubbard? Half PPR. I believe I currently have them back-to-back. Right now, Jones slightly ahead, but I might switch that with Hubbard. Jones. I can't have any faith in Jones. It's just... No, none. It's funny. I, I, I traded in a super flex league of analysts. I traded uh, Will Levis for Raheem Mostert. And then I was offered because I just keep picking up quarterbacks. It's kind of your theory, Adam. Anytime there's a quarterback available, Same. I just pick them up. I just did that. So uh, I picked up Will Levis. I picked up Aiden O'Connell. And then I got offered Daryl Henderson for Aiden O'Connell. And I countered with, since I just made that trade, that, knowing what Mostert's value is, I countered with Aiden O'Connell for Aaron Jones. And I got turned down. In but it, I mean, you basically by picking up Will Levis, you you just picked up Raheem Mostert. So do 100%. that yep. in Superflex. I just picked up Taylor. I was Heinrich. never going to play Will That's Levis. So sick. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, okay. Uh, Rams running backs. I guess. Like, how high do you have Daryl Henderson? Top twenty. I, 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 this is all about Sean McVay. This is totally all about Sean McVay. He turned Kyron Williams, who we didn't think was a great talent, into a must-start fantasy running back. Henderson in two games is averaging is scoring uh, both games over eleven and a half PPR points. I think he'll be right there again. This, I just, this Packers uh, run defense is bad. Yeah, it's been well, bad. yeah, yeah. They allow the the sixth most fantasy points. They also allow the eighth most receiving yards to running backs. And that's Henderson's role. It's not that's the thing though. This is the weird thing. They're running the same amount of routes, but Freeman doesn't have a target. They split third down evenly. It's not necessarily Henderson's role. But he is the only one that that Stafford had been throwing to. What makes me nervous about Henderson is that he's averaging 3.1 yards per carry and Royce Freeman is averaging 5.2 yards per carry. I mean, did they just say, maybe we should get Freeman more involved? And they both have one carry inside the five-yard line. They both have one touchdown. The difference has been, for Henderson, is the passing work. But but it's it's not like Freeman comes off the field and passing downs and Henderson comes on. So, no, they rotate series. Yeah. It's one series for Henderson, and then he, when he's tired, Freeman comes in, and then the next series goes to Freeman, and when he's tired, Henderson comes in. The one thing – I don't even know if this is true. That Who's the two-minute back? 
I'll check my notes on it. I think it was Freeman. <laughs> Whoever's turn it is to uh, be in the game. It might come down to that. They just rotate them. There's, there's not a lot of easy ways to look at it and say, okay, this is the role. You can expect this player on the field at this point. And then you're throwing in a new quarterback on top of it. Gus Edwards or a running back in this game? Oh, I'll Gus. take Anderson over Gus in PPR. I'll take Gus all the way. All right. Uh, for the Packers, is it basically just sit them all? If you can. Jones is the closest to being a starter. Yeah, if you can avoid them, it's it's they're bad. <laughs> you, know, you can't figure out which receiver is going to be good week to week. It's yeah. tough. It's very tough. Very frustrating. I went back. I watched Christian Watson's targets last week. Hit three for thirty-three on eight targets, and it's a, it reminds me a little bit of Chris Godwin because they threw to him four times in the end zone last week. And how he, many drops did you count from? I don't know. I I, I wasn't counting, but um, Lafleur said after the game that there were six drops, and then I think he said he amended that there were more after the game. Yikes! Yeah, I just they're not really like they're not clicking. And his A dot is still extremely high. He's still mostly just a downfield guy. But I love the fact that they're throwing him in the end zone. Gives me a little hope, but I, not to the point where I want to start Christian Watson or any of these guys. Uh, all right, that's it. Sit the tight ends, right? Yes. Uh, I think there's appeal to Higby. Br- Brett Rippon has a career track record of utilizing his tight ends, and he even did it last week when he came in and played. Okay. Uh, Green Bay's DST, 34% rostered. They are a low-end starter. Minnesota's at Atlanta. Uh, Stat of the game. That probably won't influence you at all. The Falcons allow 3.6 yards per carry to running backs with Grady Jarrett on the field on 100 carries and 4.1 yards per carry with him off the field on 74 carries, so half a yard worse. But I know that's not going to give you a lot of confidence to start Alexander Madison. Uh, Who are you confident in? Uh, Jamie, who are you confident to start in this game? Minnesota at Atlanta. Bijan Robinson. Mm, that's it. Not Addison. <laughs> I, I, I still obviously starting Hawkinson, <laughs> and still starting Addison, but confidently Bijan and Hawkinson. I'll okay. say that. Yeah. I mean, Dave, what do you want to tell us about Jaron Hall? I will tell you that I think he's a good fit for their offense as far as being like a West Coast type of quarterback. I think he's got. Decent accuracy on short throws, so at least that's something that's good. Wouldn't expect him to be dominant on throws longer than like 15 yards downfield. And I think he can just handle being a game manager. They might throw the ball. Usually they're throwing the ball like 65 70% of the time. I think they'll probably aim for somewhere between 55 and 60% until they're trailing, if they're trailing. But I think he's good enough to get the ball to Hawkinson for sure. And Addison can make plays after the catch, and he's going to get targets too. So why don't we like Madison more? You know, is it because because he stinks? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hate to say they it. Just, they just traded away one of their best offensive linemen. He wasn't playing the last two. He weeks. wasn't playing, but they liked Reisner better. It's it, it's just a bad bad situation. Paul Reisner. No. <laughs> okay. And the show grinds to it. Dead halt. People people like it. You like it, folks. Paul Reisner. You're going to tell all your friends. Water cooler joke right there. You never guess what they said on FFT. <laughs> uh, I think we spoke enough about Addison. Heath hates him. You guys like him this week. Not going to start Osborne. Oh, Heineke. Heineke, uh, I, thought, I thought maybe he'd be a little higher. I'll be controversial, ready? I'm going to tell you the guys that you have ranked ahead of Heineke that I would start 
Heineke over. Levis. <laughs> That's um, just me, I think. I would start him over. No, Jamie did too. I would start him over Zach Wilson, which Dave Dave has Wilson one spot higher. Jamie has Wilson behind him. I would start him over Daniel Jones, which is Dave again. I would start him over Jordan Love, which is Jamie. And I would start him over Bryce Young. He would be somewhere like QB 16 for me, Taylor Heineke. Must start guy. <laughs> Yikes. Pick him up for next uh, week. I believe in this Vikings defense. I think they can get pressure on the quarterback. I think their secondary is playing great. Taylor Heineke's proven to be a mistake-prone, maybe too aggressive for his own good type of quarterback. And if he doesn't have Drake London, it's going to be even harder to Oh, really that's believe. true. I, I amend. If Drake London doesn't play, then I would not start Taylor Heineke. But even if, listen, like here's the thing. Like even if London plays, there's no guarantee that he's going to get double-digit targets again because they use so many other people. And Arthur Smith wants to be so unpredictable that, you know, you've got to prepare for Kaderil Hodge and Van Jefferson. I'm 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 nervous to start Heineke. He'd be more of like the type of quarterback I'd lean into in a DFS tournament play where you stack him with London if he plays or Pitts. If London doesn't play, that'll oh, probably be I, a little popular. I just want to be clear. I, I'm, I'd also be nervous to start Taylor Heineke, but I think I'd also be nervous to start like 25 quarterbacks. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but if Drake London does play, is he a must start? He'd be like a low end wide receiver two, high end flex. If he were coming into the game healthy, I, I would, I would have no hesitation to start him, but he's not. And Minnesota's done a pretty nice job. Well, recently. They've gotten a lot better. Uh, they do give up the fifth most fantasy points overall to wide receivers, but they've improved. Um, they give up a lot of deep balls. So that could work for Heineke. Could work for Pitts. Uh, yes. No hesitation for Bijan. Bijan, by the way, 62 or fewer total yards in three of his last five healthy games, not even counting the headache game. Uh, but no hesitation, Dave, with Bijan. No hesitation in calling him like a top 12 running back. I probably have him ranked too high. I've got him as a top 10 guy. So probably like a low-end RB1. PPR helps him out a little bit because he can catch the football. It's a matter of Heineke finding him and actually throwing short. Uh, we're done with Dra- with uh, we're done with uh, Johnu Smith, right, for now? Yeah. Routes are going down. Volume is going down. Everything's going down. It's going down for real. Dave likes Kyle Pitts. He has him sixth. Jamie has him 11th. Or actually, that's non-PPR. Seventh for Dave in PPR. Tenth for Jamie in PPR. And uh, Jamie has stepped away for a moment. So Dave and I will finish the show, at least for now. Giants are at the Raiders. Uh, Stat of the game in two appearances. One start. Aiden O'Connell has thrown 38.5% and 23.1% of his passes to running backs. So there really should, yeah. I think, no hesitation to start Jacobs this week, right? Yeah, especially in PPR. He's top five for me. I expect him to get a lot of targets. It's it's just an easy thing for O'Connell to do. And what I'm expecting from the Raiders offense is to just dial everything back and make everything easy. So what what would that mean? That would mean leaning on Jacobs. It would mean running it more just in general. And then O'Connell's going to get schemed up to the throw to Adams. It just makes sense that after two games of Adams being frustrated and aggravated, the new coaching, the new play caller says, okay, uh, let's let's get our best player of the ball. And so I think O'Connell can at least carry that out. Right, I, I think Adams gets a lot of targets. Two questions for Jamie. He's back. One, 
is this basically the easiest start-sit game? I mean, start Jacob, start Barkley, start, start Adams. And two, I can't tell. What jersey are you wearing? Not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it looks Marlinsy. Um, yes. The only question mark, I think, would be Myers. Right. And if you're starting him. I think in three-receiver leagues, you're starting him. In two-receiver leagues, you're probably sitting him. The The... The couple of guys that I'm interested in is Wondell Robinson with Jones back and No Waller. And deeper leagues, Daniel Bellinger, because we have seen that connection there at times prior to Waller joining the team. So will Bellinger have an opportunity here if you're stuck at tight end? And will Wondell Robinson or somebody else? I mean, look, hopefully, you know, Jalen Wyatt can make some plays. You know, maybe we see, you know, some Darius Slayton as well. Um, but somebody here, because I would not be surprised we get to Sunday if not sooner than that, and Darren Waller's placed on IR, and then we got to find somebody's going to catch passes for the Giants moving forward. So, yeah, I was thinking that maybe I'd prefer Slayton, but if you look at the way, what we've seen against the Raiders, they give up the fifth most yak. I, I don't know why, but teams don't throw deep on them. They see the fewest air yards per pass attempt in the NFL. So that's that's eye-opening and they give up basically the fewest big plays second fewest catches of 20 or more air yards uh the fewest catches of 20 or more yards fewest big plays in the passing game the las vegas raiders uh so but they give up a lot of yak a lot of short area stuff and a lot of yak and that is obviously wandale robinson for the giants so i think i am starting him i have elite my podcast league team stinks and i i have a lot of buys this week and i'm like you know what i'm starting wandale why not It'll be fun. Let's see what happens. So there's yeah, what could go wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna lose anyway. I've got like all my good players on by, and I don't have that many good players to begin. with. I think he's a good he's a good DFS play. All right, and uh, and Jacoby Myers. I'll give you some Jacoby Myers ors. Jacoby Myers ors. Um, Zach Moss. Moss. I like Moss, but I think it's harder in PPR to say that. Jacoby Myers or a Browns running back against Arizona? Same answer. Uh, yeah, I'd go Myers PPR over those guys. Jacoby Myers or Nico Collins? Unless Jerome Ford's out, then I go Fremont. Jacoby Myers or Nico Collins or Tank Dell? Collins, Myers, Dell. Agreed. Look, I, look, I know Myers was terrible in the one game with Aiden O'Connell. It's one game. It was rookie making his first start. Dave's 100% right. He's going to focus on his best players. So, so should the Raiders. But it's not like Myers has been a stiff. <laughs> you know, He's been no, a pretty good, good player in this offense. And I just don't know if he just disappears. Do uh, you have him ranked as a number three receiver? I yeah. do. Like, I think he still qualifies as a number three. Oh, for sure. I can find a bunch of receivers that I'd rather start. For sure. Uh, one last question. It's for Dave. Dave, ah. may I use your bathroom? You may. <laughs> so what happened, Dave? On Halloween. So obviously we live in a nice neighborhood with trick-or-treaters coming by all the time. I say nice neighborhood like it's some sort of swanky neighborhood. It's really not that. Um, knock on the door. Open the door. Three boys. They look like middle schoolers. First boy says trick-or-treat. Second boy says trick-or-treat. Third boy says, excuse me, sir, can I please use your bathroom? Please, please, I really need to go. I live 20 blocks away and I took the bus to get here so I can't go home. And so I thought he was kind of just messing around. So I told him no. And he looked unhappy. And he looked at my bowl of candy. And he looked at me and he goes, you've got trash candy. He took a piece <laughs> of candy and he walked away. 
And I was so amused by it. Like, I, I know that like I, I shouldn't be, but like, it's, it's like the type of thing that I might've said when I was a kid, 10 minutes goes by another knock on the door. There's little kids there. And then the same kid shows up and uh, he's like, have I been to this house? I said, yeah, I'm the one with trash candy. He goes, oh yeah. And then I, I kind of like had a moment where like, I was wondering like, is he back to use the bathroom? Does he really need to go? So I was like, do you really, really need to go? And like, at first he didn't know what I was talking about. And then he was like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. And I was like, before I could even answer, my wife who was saying there was going, no, <laughs> no way. We're not letting strangers in to use the bathroom. So I said, sorry, kid, there's a McDonald's a couple blocks down the street. And he, as he's walking away, he goes, your wife, man. Hate her. No way. No way. Oh, my God. She I hurt. Think I kind of get that, too. Like, the kid, you know, has his pulse on things. That is so funny, man. Did you have, tra- Did you have trash candy? Oh, it was, it was cheap candy for sure. <laughs> Wait, what? I mean, you couldn't spring. I don't shut the lights off in my house and sit there in the dark to avoid giving people. You couldn't candy. spring for the expensive stuff like M&Ms and Snickers? What was the tra- like, what's trash candy? I don't even know where my wife bought it. But it's like Tootsie Roll pops and uh, Skittles. Oh, you got, oh, you got okay. the, the cheap, the cheap uh, big bag, right? I, I don't know what we got. I, I I'm at work twelve hours. That's okay. I'm I'm okay with that candy. You know, I like a nice Tootsie it Roll. Was pop. Not, I refuse to let her buy like generic candy. Like you remember those brown and orange wax wrap? I don't even know what was in those things. Hate those things. Um, that those weird fruit flavored ones where it's just a picture of the fruit on the outside. <laughs> Like, at least she's got something that's well, got, like, branding on it that makes sense. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to Mr. Owl for the Tootsie Roll suckers. Three licks. Like, yeah. All right, folks. Uh, have a great one. We'll talk to you on the mailbag uh, in an hour. Uh, you'll I hear it. I can't believe Saturday. this lippy score was green, and I said it was green, Dave. It was green. But uh, I'm so pissed. At you, probably, you probably think condition. I'm more mad at that than I am about where I rank low Later. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.